0: everybody today. Welcome to the first episode of Preparing for Exodus. And I am so excited to be able to do this show and to share with you what y'all has been showing me and my family for a while. I'm very excited for this show. So once again, I'm Dr. Carrie Brown, I am a naturopathic doctor with powerful natural health, and I am going to be discussing how to spiritually, mentally, and physically prepare and get ready for the wilderness and the end times. So welcome. I am super happy to have you all here. So let's just jump right in and hi, everybody. Hi, Lee. Hi, James. <laughs> so today's um, uh, title for this episode is going to be the foundations. I wanted to, hi, will See how good I'm getting? I'm getting better at being able to talk to people on comments, probably not in the middle of it, but at the beginning. <laughs> So uh, we're going to be talking about the foundations of our spiritual submission to y'all. We're going to be talking about our mental submission to y'all and about our physical submission to y'all. So if some of this seems um, kind of, you know, like a little bit of the milk and you were ready for the meat, the meat is coming but I wanted to lay foundations for anyone who watched this, whether it's live right now in our live stream or whether it is in a day, in a week, I wanted that we could throw a net out there and we could capture anyone who was coming into either understanding you know, that there was gonna be an exodus a greater exodus that there was going to be another wilderness that understanding who they are both in Yeshua or Jesus Christ, same name, you know, same person. One is Greek name. One is Hebrew name. um, who figuring out who they are in, um, Yahweh, Yahuwah, um, However you want to say his name, Uh, his title, which is a very generic title, is God. Um, But uh, God is the same as Mr. So that's why you will hear me saying Yah for short, for God. Um, You will also hear me saying Yahweh because that's how I pronounce his name. We don't know how his name actually sounds, there's a lot of really good theories out there and you can uh, pursue that if you would like. But um, in the Bible, we are only given the Hebrew letters Y-H-W-H. So since there are no vowels in the Hebrew language, we and nobody of our modern times has ever heard his name, we can make really good conjecture at what it sounds like. Yah-wah or Yah, Yah-hoo-wah. All of these things um, could be his name and how it sounds. But until Yeshua, Jesus Christ, comes back, we won't know what it sounds like in our human ears. We've never heard it pronounced from someone who has heard it themselves. So um, I just wanted to clear that up. If there was anybody watching and they heard me speak about God or Jesus Christ, and I use the words Yah or Yahweh or Yeshua, I'm talking about the same two people. And I also want you to know that I believe that Yeshua, Jesus Christ, is Yahweh. I believe that he is the creator of the universe. And so I believe they are one. So anyways, just wanted to lay that foundational truth about the vocabulary that I'm going to be using. Please don't let the vocabulary scare you off from what I'm trying to tell you. Also, um, we will be getting into more scriptures about the wilderness and the exodus in times ahead in future episodes there may be a future recording done that specifically teaches on the wilderness itself so that you could go and if you don't know a whole lot about the wilderness you can go and watch you know this uh this teaching, but it, it would not be a part of this. So we'll be touching on scriptures about wilderness, but we're not going to be um, dwelling a hundred percent on the scriptures that talk about wilderness. Where I'm coming from is I'm expecting that if you have clicked on this video to watch it, that you know a little bit that there is a wilderness That there is an escape and that we are supposed to be praying that we are worthy to escape. It is not the rapture. It's not what I'm talking about. So this is the Exodus. There are lots and lots and lots and lots of scriptures. Once you start looking for it, you can find them. So look for the terms wilderness if you, if you don't know anything about it, go and start searching for the key terms wilderness and you'll start finding these scriptures throughout the Bible. So um, as we progress through this, um, if you have questions, you can put it over into the comments. Um, I get sidetracked by comments, um, so I will, if there's a break mentally for myself where I can stop my train of thought and look at the comment. I'll try and answer you. Um, otherwise, I will be answering all questions at the end. And so, so let's jump right in. So I just wanted to clear all that up. So now that it's cleared up, let's jump right in. <laughs> okay. So remember, I said we are going to be preparing spiritually. And we're going to be preparing mentally and preparing physically. So number one that we need to prepare first, foremost, is prepare spiritually. Okay. And so this chapter right here, Matthew six, it is in my King James Bible in red. So it is Yeshua speaking. So in this particular scripture, Um, It has traditionally been titled the Lord's Prayer. Okay, so this is how he tells us to pray. And so we're going to discuss it. We're going to kind of break it down just a little bit um, more. Um, But I'm going to read these scriptures first and then let's break it down. Okay, so I'm going to take my little... Uh, view screen of myself off because it's covering up some of this. So I'll be right back, but I'll be talking so you can still hear me. Okay. So. Okay. So Matthew chapter six, verses nine through 15. After this manner, therefore pray you, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, let me come back into the screen so you can look at me. So, Let's look at, you know, we're talking about preparing ourselves spiritually. The first thing that is mentioned in those verses is that YAH's will is paramount. It is the biggest, best, greatest thing that we need to be thinking of. We need to make sure that our will aligns with His. So... This is where it says, talks about his will. It says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And we know the rest on earth as it is in heaven. We are inviting Yah's will to come into our world, into our life. We are supposed to be submitting ourselves to his will. And so what is that will for you? Keep that in mind. Be thinking that. What is Yah's will for me? So um, I don't think that it is a coincidence that Yeshua started off the prayer with, let your will be done. That is, you know, and since Yeshua is, is Yah, he's trying to tell you, that we need to be submitting ourselves, number one, at the very beginning of the prayer, at the very beginning of anything that we are going to do for y'all, we should be submitting ourselves a hundred percent. Um, I have been <laughs> so my kids, they started me on saying, you know, like like in this instance, submitting yourself a thousand percent. Um, I know that there is no such thing as anything above 100% because 100% is fullness, right? But somehow saying 1000%, that's 100% times 10, right? To or to the 10th power. No, times 10. <laughs> A little math for you there. Um so if we are submitting ourselves 1000%, I feel like that's even more. It's like I submit not only all of myself, but I'm submitting beyond that. I'm submitting my family. I'm submitting my relationships. I'm submitting my, you know, my physical material goods. You know, you you are submitting everything when you say I submit a thousand percent. I mean, you know, just can you hear the fire of what that means in comparison to, I submit 100%. <laughs> so if you hear me using 1000%, is it feels even stronger than 100%. So, you know, if you have never heard that saying, start using it, see if it makes you feel like you are saying something even more profound, even more, you know, like exaggerated, like I feel this to the utmost. So that's what we are supposed to be doing with you will. We are supposed to be giving a thousand percent, a million percent, you know, every molecule is supposed to be in submission, complete laying down in front of him. And There may be things that as we start to submit that y'all brings up and says, you haven't submitted that, but well done in this stuff. But I really want this to. And submit it. Don't even hold it back. Don't even think twice. And speaking of y'all talking to you, it goes into the next one. Read your scripture daily, which is. Included in the very next verse, give us this day our daily bread. So daily, are you reading your word? And that's different than listening to someone read the word to you. It's different than listening to a devotional or even having a devotional book where they talk about scripture and it's a daily devotion. Um, You can use that as a tool to help guide you on what to read, but I have found both myself and pretty much everyone that I've polled about this, because I've been talking to people about this for a while, is that when you take time to open up the Bible for yourself, that Yah will speak to you intimately through his scripture we are always just waiting for that still small voice. But, you know, what if that still small voice is, you know, print that's that tiny? You know, just let that sink in. As if you are not taking time to read the scripture for yourself, you may not be hearing a thousand percent <laughs> of what y'all is trying to tell you. And... Man, we've got to get on the right page with him, you know, both in the Bible and and mentally, spiritually, we have got to get in the right frame of mind with him. We have got to be on the same page. And then the very next verse is forgive others. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So the reason why I included verses 14 and 15 in this Bible reading is because it clearly went with these scriptures. Yeshua was trying to warn us, if you are not forgiving others, then you will not have your sins forgiven. And I've shared this before in my interview with Shell, is it's the scariest scripture. You know, a lot of people have favorite scriptures, which I do have favorite ones. um, But if you could say you have a favorite one because it scares you, this is my most favorite scary one. (laughs) Because how many times have you been so angry at someone and you carried around that grudge within you and you felt like that if you forgave them, then they would be getting away scot-free for what they did to you. And and you can never forgive them. I will never forgive you. And you may never say that to their face. But on the inside, that's what you're saying. And that's what you're doing. And that's how you feel. Just imagine all the times that we have gone up to y'all and asked him for forgiveness. And he's sitting there, you know, just looking at us, you know, on his throne. And he's hearing our prayers of us saying, please forgive me for this. And please forgive me for that. And then he's thinking, yeah, but what about, you know, Joe Blow over here? And what about Jane Doe over here? You didn't forgive them. You said, I will never forgive you. So I'm not going to forgive you. And that's scary to me. So forgive others. This is a part of preparing yourself spiritually for end times. If you want to hear from y'all, if you want to be forgiven, if you want to be submitted, you better be forgiving. And don't wait. Don't be like, I'll forgive you tomorrow. I'm going to walk away and I'm going to just simmer in my own juices because I am so angry at what you did to me. Let it go. If we don't forgive, we don't get to be forgiven. I don't know what that means on Judgment Day. It, to me, reads as if we won't be forgiven. I don't know. I don't know if there's other scriptures that add to this and help clarify it. I haven't run across them. Uh, It's a it's a pretty 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 heavy scripture. So, and that leads you to the next one where it says, "Ask to not be deceived." So, this right here in King James, it kind of reads convoluted it says and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil when i was a kid we memorized this um the first person of me and my brother to memorize it got five (laughs) dollars and so he won and i was sad so my parents gave me five dollars anyways you know love you mom (laughs) if she's listening um thank you for the $5 It <laughs> meant a lot because I really wanted to beat my brother in this. But um, anyway, so whenever I was trying to memorize this as a seven-year-old or eight-year-old, I remember thinking, why would y'all be leading us into temptation? I didn't understand that because that seems like that was completely wrong. Well, um, My son's translation, uh, he really likes the complete Jewish Bible. And um, sometimes whenever there's a King James, you know how it is. You're reading King James and you're like, do what now? And so you go to other translations, you're like, oh, okay, I got you now, you know. So um, when I went to the complete Jewish Bible and I looked at it, uh, they had translated it. um, Do not lead us into um, our Help us to not be led into hard testing. And so what this is actually saying is help us to not be deceived and allow ourselves to fall for the evil kingdom's pitfall that is always right in front of you. And so this is our daily prayer we should be asking to not be deceived. And so uh, I have started praying for the last year. It's not every single day that I pray this specific way, but um, it is whenever I start seeing that there's like a big deception being rolled out by media or something like that, um, that I start praying that I will have eyes to only see what Yahweh wants me to see. I have ears only for what Yahweh wants me to hear. But I will warn you, what this does is it starts to pull off the blinders of the programming, the brainwashing, everything that you have been in in your life. It will start to shed it when you pray this. So, the reason why I warn you is because be prepared to be shocked when you see marketing or, you know, marketing ads. When you um, maybe watch an, an old movie or TV show that you thought was clean, you're going to see the, the brainwashing, you're going to see the programming, you're not going to be able to enjoy it anymore. What this prayer does is helps to pull you out of the deception that has en- enveloped this entire world. And it's a good thing. But just know that it makes you more peculiar, which is fantastic. But just be ready for it. Be ready to be more weird, to not enjoy the movies anymore to not enjoy the music anymore. Even the music, you'll hear the, you know, the driving beat and you'll know, well that's that's evil. That drive there's something, there's something wrong with this. Like you'll just, you'll feel it, you'll hear it, you'll know it. But this is important. You have got to prepare yourself spiritually to be wide awake. No more, no more of this. No more of this. No more. Open your eyes. Open your ears. Go be used. Go and do what YAH is telling you to do. Go do it. So that's why we we look at how Yeshua told us to look at these scriptures. How to pray. Submit yourself. Read your word daily so you can hear Y'all, what he's telling you, not what he's telling Carrie Brown or Shell Wagner or Lee Carruthers or anybody else. Go read your Bible daily so that you can hear what he's telling you to do. Forgive others. Ask to not be deceived. Ask to have your eyes opened. Okay, so that's how you prepare yourself spiritually for what we are moving into. Okay, so the next thing we are going to be preparing ourselves for is the mental preparation. So we're going to be doing all the daily principles that we found in the Lord's Prayer. Okay, I know that I'm using the word Lord, but we know that it's Yeshua's Prayer. and we are going to um, have your mind submitted to you will. So it is pretty easy to submit your spirit and submit your mind at the same time. It is pretty easy to do that. But there has been times where your spirit is telling you to do something and your mind is saying, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Don't submit. Have the two join together. Okay. You're going to be a much happier person if you let your mind submit to your spirit, which is submitting to y'all. Submit. So I want you to, in the days ahead, before I say that, I would like to comment on what is happening in our world currently. We have a whole swarm of massive earthquakes happening in Turkey and Syria and uh, some other nations that are kind of in that area. And um, there are video that's been coming out and I saw them this morning. I haven't looked at any more since say around nine because I started preparing for this video. And in the videos, it's showing people standing on a street corner. The earthquakes have already happened, but now the buildings are destabilized and maybe there's aftershocks and they've been destabilized. And then the aftershocks, is just like, and then they just, and it's building after building after building. And the people are surrounded by buildings that are literally falling on their, you know, I mean, like, falling on their heads. I mean, you know, they're running. It's not falling. You don't see it falling on their heads. But it is an awful thing to see because I think of, you know, myself, Um Where would you run to? I've often thought about earthquakes and how scary it would be. Um, I don't live in an area where we get them. Well, I mean, they're starting to happen in our area. Um, But I haven't yet felt one. But I've thought, where do you run to? You know, the the ground is shaking beneath your feet. And if it's, you know, like a 7.0 or an 8.0 or a 9.0, you know, we're we're talking 10 times greater with each one. And I actually I think it's 7.0 to 7.1 is 10 times greater. So from 7.0 to 8.0 is 100 times greater. I may be wrong about that, but I think that's what I remember reading. If that's true, whether it's 10 times or 100 times, that's still a lot. Can you imagine not feeling safe anywhere? You run out of your house because it's fixing to fall on you. But when you run out of your house, the ground beneath you is shifting and moving and probably cracking open in places and the trees look like they're going to fall on you. Um, If you are these people that are in a city, you have these massive buildings that are about to fall on you. And I just... I imagine that it is a time of great peril for these people, and I feel really sorry for them. And then I connect it with what we're talking about, about the end times. The Bible says that it is a time of trouble that the world has never seen, so it's beyond the buildings falling around your ears because they've seen that. It's going to be beyond that. It's going to be beyond what we saw in World War II. Um, You know, the horrors of all wars that have been in the past. It's going to be worse than that. It's going to be worse then Noah's flood, the stuff that happened before Noah's flood, the stuff that happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, just allow that to settle in your mind that it's gonna be a time of trouble that the world has never seen. And man, We have got to prepare our minds for that. And so, number one is realize that you are not alone. So going back to that scripture that we were just reading, at the very beginning, he starts off with our father, which art in heaven. He did not say your father, which is a very singular You're all alone. He's calling attention to the fact that you are included in a group of believing people who are praying and going through the stuff that you are going through. You're not alone. He helps us to remember that he brought us all out of Egypt. You know, that's when he says he's your father, and he's my father, and he's their father. He's saying we were all brought out of Egypt. All of us were. We're all in this together. We're not alone. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and then in First Peter, I have, man, I would love to do a video without crying. If there is a way that just, anyways, um, so First Peter chapter five verse nine, it says that the second part of that verse says, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, you're not alone. And then First Peter chapter five verse ten. But the Elohim of all favor, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Messiah Yeshua. After that, we have suffered a while. Make you perfect. Establish, strengthen, settle you. So there may be some stuff that happens. You may be in an earthquake, standing on a street corner, and a building is falling nearby. It's going to strengthen you. It is going to establish you. It is going to make you perfect. I don't mean perfection. I'm not talking about perfectionist. I mean where in Yaw's eyes, he's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And he's going to settle you. That's what adversity brings. It brings a type of settledness that you can never get any other way. There is no way to get settledness other than through adversity. And I'm the very first one to tell you that I have actually asked y'all, can we not, um, you know, is there a way for us to not um, go through, you know, like if we're in the middle of some sort of adversity, can we please not be in the middle of this adversity? Can you please take this from me? Oh, I sound like Yeshua in the garden of Gethsemane. Saying in his prayer, please, if it's in your will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And see, he was perfect. He was established. He was submitted. He was strengthened. And he was settled. So that's where we're going to get in our minds, right? Yes. Right. And now we're going to prepare physically. Okay. So back to the Turkey example, Um, when I was watching those videos, there was a mom that was holding a baby that looked like it was about um, three years old, Uh, probably somewhere between 35 to 40 pounds holding the baby like this and running. So I don't know how far she had to run. She probably took breaks along the way, but she was getting out of danger and she was taking that child out of danger. So, Oh, that gets me. Cause I imagine, you know, these poor people. So you can't have a high functioning body that is picking up either a heavy go bag or picking up you know gallon jugs of water because you know that you need water and you're running um or lee uh had a dream that she shared over in our telegram group where she said that they had um jugs of gasoline that they were filling up and they were so heavy and you know We have got to have a high functioning body for what is about to come. We have got to have the ability to pick these things up and manhandle them and move them where they got to go. We can't do that if we don't have a good foundation. Um, And I'm talking about our diet, um, the nutrition, which... It used to be nutrition came from our diet, but I think we are all aware that there is no longer high nutrition in our food supply, commercially grown food supply. So uh, we need to have nutritional supplements. We need to have hydration. Okay. And so that I'm going to be talking about that. So if anyone has heard me talk, you know that I beat the anti-inflammatory drum over and over and over and over because um, I'm, I'm going to be real honest. I did not have it settled in my mind what sort of nutritional program would work for everybody whenever I first graduated as a naturopathic doctor. Um, there were several diets out there that I was like, well, that's good, but that's also good but that's good. This is the first time in my life that I'm like, I know within every molecule of my being that the anti-inflammatory diet is absolutely what we need to be doing across the board for all humanity. And there's not many things as a naturopath that I can tell you hey, you should be doing this across the board. There's not many things out there because there is no one size fits all except for this. Okay, so um, what an anti-inflammatory diet consists of is no GMOs. And unfortunately, most grains are GMO in the United States. So um, if you can find non-GMO uh, you know, corn, which corn is really, that's really messed up y'all. I mean, corn is something that even though it says it's non-GMO, um, they have come out and said that it most likely it has been polluted by the cross-pollination of our bees and our hornets and stuff like that. So it, it's, a uh, corn is, and wheat, those two even though it says non-GMO, you might be getting into GMO stuff. So get away from the GMOs as much as possible. Do your best. Yes, it's going to be expensive to buy the non-GMO, but your body will not function without getting rid of these things. Okay, so, and if you don't know what a GMO is, it is uh, not taking an apple tree and splicing it, uh, no, let me, an apricot tree, and splicing it with a plum tree, and you've got a pluot fruit. That is called hybrid trees. These are hybrid. They are not GMO. GMO is where you take the apricot tree and you go in with a, say, a shot, if you could get into the bark somehow, um, I'm sure that they have some sort of way to get the, the genetics of an apricot into the apricot tree and cut into it. They would go in and they would take out portions of the DNA chain and they would splice in rat DNA, alligator DNA, oh, literally not joking. Go look this up. All the things that they think that an apricot tree needs, and I'm saying apricot, but, you know, they haven't really done a whole lot to apricots, but, you know, I'm just using it as an example. Uh, They have really done it to pork. If you are eating pork, stop eating pork. They have spliced it with human DNA to make it grow faster. They were doing that in the early 90s. They ended up having lots of death in the pork industry. And so they, um, I guess, continued on trying to figure out how to make the, the pigs raise, you know, get to uh, slaughter weight faster. Um, and they, I guess, perfected it because I don't know if you've realized, but in the last, say, five to ten years, there is bacon and everything where did all these pigs come from well they are genetically modified to grow really really fast because they're a cheap animal to raise and so across the board it's nasty for you don't eat pork but let's go back to the apricot is if you are eating that apricot that has got the you know the uh, rat or the other bugs or whatever. They're even splicing in um, bugs' DNA that have a natural pesticide in them. They're splicing that into our crops so that the crops will then grow a type of natural, natural pesticide so that bugs will stay away from them. But that doesn't stop them from spraying them with a whole bunch of stuff. So what is all this doing to our bodies? Can you imagine eating that? Can you imagine how your body, uh, there is actual out there um, scientists who have been studying what does spliced DNA of the rat, of the bug with natural pesticide in it, of the snake, of, you know, What does this do to our genetics when we consume it? So that has been the real problem. Just at the very, very foundational level, we can't digest it. And so that's why we're becoming really inflamed is because almost everything has been GMO'd. So stop eating the GMO stuff. Your body will thank you for it. Don't. Eat anything that's been sprayed with pesticides. I mean, you know, that's a no-brainer, but uh, the pesticides are killing things. If they kill living things, you are a living thing. It will eventually kill you. It will build up in your tissues. You will become sick. You'll have this illness that doctors won't be able to figure out. And you'll just slowly, slowly get to be worse and worse and worse. So don't eat anything that's got pesticides on it. So that means organic, okay? Non-GMO, organic. No processed foods. The processed foods more than likely has all these inflammatory things in them. Don't let somebody else handle your food. You cook it. You process it it will be the most assured that you are, that you are getting good nutrition into your body. Um, so in my last uh, show that I did with Nitsa and Shell, um, we had talked about coffee and tea and caffeine being um, inflammatory in small amounts, in small quantities, cause I went and looked this back up. So it is allowed in small quantities. That does not mean a pot of coffee. That's not small. If that's small to you, that's actually large. That's a large amount of coffee. Okay, stop drinking that much caffeine. Um, What I mean by small amount of coffee is four ounces of coffee. Okay, Um, I do understand that we are dealing with a nation that has... Such low thyroids and adrenals, and such low energy from other situations with our iron and copper, that sometimes you got to do what you got to do in order to get up and go do your day. Okay. And so, yes, it's okay to have a little bit of caffeine, but I'm talking a little. Okay. Because can you imagine being extremely addicted? to coffee or tea and then the world explodes around you and you can no longer get it. Can you imagine how you are going to feel for days and days and days as you come off of it? You're going to have the caffeine headache. You're going to feel super sluggish. Your brain is going to feel like because you're going to be detoxifying those toxins that the coffee and tea have in them. Okay, so don't wait. Start to slowly back off the caffeine. Um, And watch your hydration, okay, because they are dehydrating. Goat cheese is acceptable as a dairy uh, instead of, you know, like a hard dairy cheese. Um, Greek yogurt in small quantities as in um, half a cup if you are not lactose intolerant and Greek yogurt is that, um, well, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's F a G E faggy, fag you. I don't know. I don't even know if I spelled it right, but y'all know what I'm talking about. I love that yogurt. Um, and of course, fruit and vegetables that are organic non GMO. So that is anti-inflammatory, healthy fats. I didn't add that in that's an anti-inflammatory diet. Okay. So I understand that fixing your diet does not resolve everything. Okay. I didn't mean to say, oh yeah, I did. Without fixing the diet, you can't resolve anything. Okay. If you are tired, sick, can't do what you want to do, have no motivation and you neglect your diet, you're not going to go anywhere, do anything. Fixing it isn't going to, if you don't fix it, you're not going to have resolution. Okay, so submit your body to an anti-inflammatory diet. Submit. Um, so I wanted to bring out my husband um, he's allowed me to talk about him as a short little case study. So when he was five years old, he was raised in a home where both parents were indoor cigarette smokers and he had asthma, of course. And so the doctor, instead of telling his parents to stop smoking indoors and smoke outdoors and away from him, they put him on asthma inhalers. He was on asthma inhalers for 50 years. That's not an exaggeration. That's not rounding up. It was a solid half a century of asthma meds. Because once you get onto asthma meds, sometimes it's hard to wean yourself off of them. Because you start being afraid that you can't breathe without them. There's a mental tie to them. So it's one of the hardest things as a naturopath to wean people off of. That's a a pharmaceutical med. Asthmatics have a really hard time with that. Well, we have tried so many different things with my husband to try and help him with that. And of course, um, he wouldn't get off his asthma meds. He tried so hard, but then he would have an asthma attack. Uh, and it would be a random asthma attack because we didn't know what was triggering his asthma. We couldn't figure it out. And cause there were so many things, you know, we thought he was allergic to the world, you know? Um, so he ends up getting high blood pressure because 50 years of being on an asthma med will raise your blood pressure. Um, he started to have acid reflux He started to have some other neurological things that were starting to happen to him. And um, I started to, you know, as his wife and also as a naturopath, I was watching him and he didn't know this at the time. I've told him since, but I started getting really nervous and he would go to sleep at night. And when he had finally gotten into a deep sleep, I would lay my hands on him and I would ask y'all to heal him because I didn't know how much longer he had. And then COVID rolled around. We both got super sick. And then after we finally climbed out of bed for a solid month of being in bed with COVID, we finally were done in 2021. And then we were sick every week. We caught everything that came around the corner. We caught every virus. And if we weren't sick with every virus, we had allergies and it was every week. And I started to wonder what is going on. And deep down, I was like, you know, you've got a lot of head knowledge for naturopathic things, and you're not doing them. You're just doing the bare minimum Because I wasn't submitting. And so I was like, all right. It was the very end of December 2021. And once again, I was sick. And my husband uh, was sick too. And we were about to go to bed. And I looked at him across the bed. And I said, Brian, it's time we either piss or get off the pot. It is time for us to get over this and do whatever is necessary. I mean, like, if we have to stand on our heads in the corner of the room 30 minutes a day, I'm going to do it. And so he said, I'm in agreement. And I said, okay, well, we're going to do an anti-inflammatory diet that I just heard about through um, my naturopathic school, they are affiliated with this practitioner-led program. So I wanted to, as always I wanted to try it out on me and my family first where are I'm the guinea pig for my practice. So I get on this and me and my husband start seeing some weight dropping off and that snowballs into um, well, let's stay on this. You know, at first our flesh was screaming out. I wanted that chocolate bar. I wanted that gluten bread, you know, by the way, gluten uh, is a GMO, you know, cause it's wheat. So don't eat gluten things. So that's part of the anti-inflammatory. So, I mean, I wanted cereal I wanted, you know, oh my goodness, I, I wanted sugar. I was a sugar addict and I didn't realize I was an addict. I had no idea, but I had the classic addict thought was I'll just continue um, on this plan. And then when I finally get better, I'll go back to it. Do you hear that addiction? You hear that? So when I think about it and I'm just like, what was that? So, I mean, that was three months in and I'm still thinking I'm going to add sugar back into things. I was three months in and I was like, yeah, I'm not sick because all the sickness stopped. We got on this anti-inflammatory diet, didn't change anything else. And all of a sudden we stopped getting sick. And that's because the, the inflammatory foods was causing a burden on our immune system. That's why we've got to get rid of the inflammation. We've got to get rid of the foods that cause inflammation. The spike protein causes it. I'm not going to go into that because I don't want to get this video banned on YouTube. So, um, just using that word, I hope I didn't, you know, mess up the algorithm or anything. But, um, so me and my husband were on this anti-inflammatory diet and we were, we still are on it. I will always be on it. And it's not a diet. It is a nutrition program. It is a way of eating. Um, We've been on it since January 1st, 2022, and my husband lost 100 pounds. That 100 pound weight loss was not because he like starved himself and blah, it was because he was carrying so much inflammation around. He had so much water weight. I should have loaded a picture of him so that I could show you what me and him looked like at the beginning. Maybe I'll do that. I'll put it over in a telegram group. If you're not a part of our telegram group, go over there. That's where we communicate with each other and we fellowship with each other and we pray with each other. Go over there. Um, I'll upload pictures and you guys can see. It literally looks like we had been stung by a bee. Like we were so round and it was inflammation. That's the classic sign of inflammation is roundness the hoods of your eyelids will be so puffy that it looks like um your eyelids you know like it's falling down your eyelids these used to be so puffy i literally was like watching videos on you know things i could do to make this go away <laughs> and now that i've stopped eating inflammatory foods these shrink it's not fat it's inflammation it's not something you need to go see a plastic surgeon and have removed, removing a symptom of inflammation. So my husband has lost a hundred pounds where he used to come home from work and just lay in bed. Like he is so energetic that it's almost like, okay, it's just too much energy, but he feels so good. I just, sometimes I just watch him just like puttering around and doing this and doing that. And it's how he was when he was in his 20s. And he's 55. he he not just lost 100 pounds of weight. And this is not about weight loss. He didn't just lose 100 pounds of weight. He regained himself. He regained energy and life. And he just feels so much better in his own skin. And now, oh, he started having so many back problems. He started having so many knee problems. He couldn't work out because everything hurt. Now he's like, we're going to go on this eight hour hike to go up to the this place called Guadalupe Peak here in Texas. And we're going to take pictures and, uh, you know, <laughs> and it's four miles up and four miles down. And it's like, I think. At the very top, it's 8,500 feet elevation. And I don't mind telling you, I'm kind of like, do we have to? (laughs) I mean, I'll absolutely go do it. But um, I just love that he has so much energy. So I myself have lost 50 pounds. But I only share with you my weight loss, how much pounds I've lost, Because I want to tell you that all of us here in America, for the most part, like 90% of us, really need to shed pounds because you can't um, run, you can't scoop up those babies, you can't exercise to prepare yourself, you're going to have such a weight on you, literally, a physical weight of the extra pounds that you're going to feel extremely tired. You're going to feel the burden of it. So submit yourself. Okay. Submit yourself to eating an anti-inflammatory diet. It doesn't have to be what I offer. This has nothing to do with me. This has nothing to do with my practice. This has nothing to do with my reputation. It has everything to do with y'all and his people and getting us ready. Okay? So go Google the Mediterranean diet. That is anti-inflammatory. Shell found a cookbook that she had had for years and she pulled it out. It was anti-inflammatory and it's basically the Mediterranean diet. Go find it, look for it, go to the library, check one out, go prepare yourself, submit yourself. Now, today, don't let it be like, okay, on payday, I'm going to do that. Don't submit now. Okay. So, you know, the back to our slide, the nutrition found in most foods is lacking that it takes vitamins and liquid minerals daily. So you need to find a vitamin that works for you. And the reason why I say that is because if I recommend a vitamin, it might make your stomach upset. It might not work for you. Um, we have three different vitamins that we take here in our family because we have found that what works for me doesn't work for this person. Work. Works for that person, doesn't work for this person. So, yes, it's kind of expensive doing that. If you can find a vitamin that works for all the people in your family, then go for it. Um, I do one that's a powder, and I mix it with water and squeeze lemon with it, and add stevia. By the way, I use stevia instead of sugar, and um, uh, it's kind of like a little juice drink, sort of without juice. Well, it's got the juice of the lemon. So anyways, it is a juice drink. It's really good. I had one like about 15 minutes before I did this video. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever I'm done with this, I'm probably going to go jog around the house a couple of times or something. It's really pretty out. So I jog outside. Um, well, I don't, I can't jog because my back hurts, but you know, and, and y'all is going to heal that. I'm believing for that so uh you need to have liquid minerals daily the ones that you can find in natural health food stores that are colloidal minerals those are the ones that you want add them to your water follow the instructions on the back of the bottle um these are the signs that you have nutritional deficiencies if you did not know some of these i didn't list all of them this is not an exhaustive list so if you're chewing your nails Yes that can be that you're anxious about something you have stress but for the most part it means you have a mineral deficiency. If you have the ridging in your nails that's a mineral deficiency. The if you I'm not going to stick my tongue out but if you, I was to stick my tongue out I don't have it but some people do they they have teeth it looks like their tongue it has pressed up against their teeth and that it's like teeth indentations um that's a sign that you have a nutritional deficiency you're not taking in nutrition like you should might be a methylation deficiency um if you have pain on the outside of your arms when i don't take my minerals or vitamins like i'm supposed to someone can literally just barely touch me like that and i'll be like ah and I used to not understand what that was. And now I understand that's minerals. So, um, (laughs) when I found that out, I was like, wow. And the same thing with your thighs, this is your thighs down here. (laughs) Um, the outside of your thighs, if they are sore, if touching them gently hurts them, that is a nutritional deficiency. Um, If you're getting Charlie horses, of course, that's a nutritional deficiency. If you are wanting crispy things like chips or sour things like those sour candy things or any sort of sour anything, that is a nutritional deficiency. If you're wanting to eat ice all the time, that is a nutritional deficiency deficiency. And if you have dry, brittle hair or nails, if your nails are always cracking and splitting and breaking, nutritional deficiencies. So hydration. Are you drinking enough? Um, Remember that you are supposed to be drinking half of your body weight in ounces every day. So when I'm really good and I get all my water in, i have to make a plan at the beginning of the day and get all my water ready and then throughout the day i'll be um drinking on it and keeping track of it if i don't do that then at the end of the day i'll be real thirsty and i will um regret it i won't have gotten in all my water so do what you've got to do to get all your water in water is what your brain floats in. That's what a headache is, okay? A headache is literally not enough water. And I'm not saying it's floating in H2O. You know what I'm saying? The fluids that your brain floats in, that you have to have enough fluid in your body in order for your brain to work. You have to have enough water for your blood to flow through your body. You have to have enough for your kidneys to flush out toxins, for your liver to detox uh, toxins. You have to have enough water to move the solids through your small and large intestine and out your colon and into the toilet. You have to have water. You are a created being that is a lot of water. You must take it in. Okay. And if you're not drinking a lot of water right now, it might be as time moves on that you um, start adding more water in every single day. You know, these are all baby steps, are they not? These are foundational things. Start looking at your life, do a health assessment. Are you eating right? Are you taking in the nutrition you should? Are you doing the hydration that you should? The hydration should be quality water, not tap and not water from a refrigerator spout. I know someone who for a while was drinking water from their refrigerator. You know how they, the refrigerators will have that like little spout on the outside and um, they were saying they were thirsty all the time and that it didn't matter how much water they drank, they were still thirsty. That's because it was tap water, essentially. That's not a good enough filtration system in your refrigerator. You need to get some really good quality water. Um, I recommend, number one, spring water, because it still has a charge that is held um, in the water that is from the electromagnet- magnetism of the earth. So it's charged... Okay, so when you drink it in, you're drinking in uh, the charging and recharging yourself from the earth. Okay, so add your liquid minerals that we talked about in the last slide, add that to your water daily. If you don't, you'll get the Charlie horses, you'll have the dry, brittle hair, you'll have all that stuff. You need the liquid minerals. It is not the same, a vitamin is not the same as a mineral they're different. You need a multivitamin and you need a mineral. Okay. Uh, Signs of dehydration are a dry mouth, which I am getting because I've been talking for over an hour and I need some water. Um, Cracked lips. And I know that during the winter, it's kind of hard to have moist, wonderful lips during the winter because we've got our heaters going and it's very dry. Um, But Do your best to stay hydrated and keep your lips from being cracked. Um, Your urine, you need to look at it. Is your urine um, dark? Is it yellowy? Um, If you were to pour it into, you know, like pee into a cup, would it look like lemonade? Because it's not supposed to. If you're hydrated, it's supposed to look almost as clear as water itself. So, oh, I didn't add this. Are you using the restroom every hour peeing? Because if you're not, then you're not hydrated. Um, If you're not drinking enough water, you will become constipated. And, you know, to be gross, uh, your poop is going to not be the right consistency. And you're going to have some real issues. So drinking water will really help with that. So... Um, Also, if your skin is very dry, then it can be a hydration issue. Um, You need to exercise. Your goals should include thoughts about having enough strength to quickly leave your home or leave your work or your place of business should the need arise. You know, wherever you're at. Can you, like that lady in Turkey that had that, um, you know, three and a half, four year old kid and she's running, can you do that? Can you do it? Even if it's, I'm not telling you to do it for a mile. I'm not telling you to do it for 20 miles. I'm telling you, can you just scoop up a weight of say 20 pounds, whether it's jugs of gasoline, like Lee's dream jugs of water because you're, um, grabbing water and running. Is it your go bag? If you don't have a go bag, you have got to have a go bag. Okay. Get a go bag. I, I, this is not my notes and I meant to, um, tell you guys about it. So remember when all that balloon stuff was going on, uh, Friday, uh, they hadn't shot it down yet or anything. So, We live, I've mentioned before that we live near two very important bases in Texas. And we were leaving, it was cold, it was 30 degrees, something like that. And we were leaving where we are at and we were driving home. And where we live is a very dark country, so you can see the sky really well. And um, there was something that was shot up into the sky from the direction of one of those bases. And we were able to see it because we have such a dark night sky. And um, no, it was not Starlink, because we have the app for that. And we opened it up just to make sure. And Starlink was nowhere near us. they were over. It was over there in Utah or something. And um, so I don't know what was shot up into the sky. But it did have me and my husband, who we were currently babysitting our two-year-old, who was with us in a car seat behind us, worried. We Here we were in... It was dark, country road. Um, we were a good 25 miles from our house of rough terrain. And I mean, you know... Not like up and down mountains because we don't have mountains here, but, you know, rough as in barbed wire fences, uh, wild animals, um, you know, just like lots of crazy terrain that we would have to cross if there would have been an EMP attack in that moment. I don't know what they were shooting at, but thankfully nothing else was shot up into the air. And um, my husband looked at me after we marveled at what we had just saw. We tried to get it on our phone. And of course, when you try to pull your phone up fast, you just fumble and you can't get your camera open fast enough. So you're just gonna have to trust me. <laughs> um, my husband, after the excitement kind of died down just a little bit, he looked at me and he was like, we don't have a go bag. We don't have anything in this vehicle because we had taken my daughter and son-in-law's vehicle so that we could have the car seat to babysit their daughter. And so we had no go bag. We had no water. We had no warm blanket. And we had a two-year-old that had a coat and I had a coat, but my husband didn't. And we would have been crossing rough terrain. That's if there would have been worst case scenario EMP attack or some sort of bomb or something. So it drove it home to us in that moment. Be prepared. And I wanted to share that with you is that I was imagining myself in the rest of the drive home, what it would have been like walking with only the flashlight on our cell phone, no flashlight to be had anywhere I don't think, okay, so I live in Texas. We can freely carry guns and ammo and stuff. I don't think my husband even carried a gun. I think we literally just left the house willy nilly without even thinking about anything and preparing for anything. So we would have been without a flashlight crossing crazy terrain with wild animals everywhere, and who knows who we would have been coming in contact with with a two-year-old that we would have probably had to have strapped to our back in freezing weather with no food and no water for 25 miles. We would have been walking the entire night. And the idea of that settled into me in a way that has never settled into me before. And that's what y'all is trying to say to us all is prepare prepare spiritually mentally physically get ready have a go bag get ready to scoop it up jog to your truck or whatever whatever you got to do to prepare yourself if you are too sick to even do any of this stuff then ask y'all, what is my baby step? Help me, Father. I want to submit to you. What is my baby step? I hear what you're saying. What do I need to do? So when I talk about preparing physically, I'm not talking about going to a gym and, you know, you can. Um, but I also mean, you know, What if the only preparation we have to do is working in a garden? Are we physically fit enough to get out and our rototillers run on gasoline? So what if you don't have gasoline to run it and you have to, you know, dig up a spot in your yard for planting seeds? Do you have the strength to do that? Um, Do you have the strength to make a composting toilet? Because if we have no running water, you know, you're going to have to go to the bathroom somewhere. And so, you know, making an outhouse for yourself, you're going to have to like dig for that. Do you have the strength for that? Do you have the strength to just, you know, do a fly in? Hi, yeah. Do that. If you, if you can't, you know, if you, if you're, if you're just so weak that maybe you can't do anything else. Just do some fly-in high-yahs, you know? (laughs) Ha! High-yah! You know, do some high kicks. Stretch. Don't do yoga. Repent if you have been doing yoga. And I'm telling you straight up, you need to repent of that. Um, Think about what your goals are while you're exercising, if it's, I'm working out so that I could do a 25 mile trek with a two year old strapped to my back. And I don't know how she would be strapped. I mean, like, I guess I'd be holding her or I was thinking I could take my coat off and strap it around her and it would be like a papoose to hold her on me, but then I have no coat. So, you know, I am gonna be working out with that in mind. And that's what you need to be doing. You need to be working out with the thought in your head of what am I preparing for? What is my personal health goals? Okay? So I would really like to talk about fear for a second. I have talked about some fearful things and I don't want... um that to be something that this show is about. You can go anywhere you want. You can be filled with fear all you want to. If you just have one of those wild hair days where you just want to check out the headlines and there's nothing wrong, hear me. There's nothing wrong with checking out the headlines. Just don't let that fear just permeate you. If it starts being where you're like, whoop, all right, I'm feeling fear. Close it. Go do something else. Go dig that hole. Go dig that outhouse hole. (laughs) Your neighbor's going to be like, what are you doing? And you'll be like, digging a hole. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And they'll go, why? And you'll be like, you know why. (laughs) And if they don't, then, you know, hey, that's on them. (laughs) So anyways, so. We need to get rid of fear. We should not have fear of man. We should not have fear of this world's systems. We should not have fear of being ostracized or alone. You're not alone. We should not have fear of bodily harm and we should not have fear of death. We should be like Noah what he went through while he prepared that arc, the amount of ridicule and the amount of probably the worst mental stress, he just let it go. He continued forward. He submitted a thousand percent to Yaw. He submitted not only himself, but he, Submitted maybe all the resources that he had to this. He submitted his wife and all of his sons and daughter in laws to it. He submitted everything he had, just like, you know, our father Abraham, our father Isaac, our father Jacob. You know, they submitted. Let's submit. Y'all told Abraham, you are going to go into a land. Well, you are going to inherit a land. Your children are going to inherit a land that um, your children are going to be like the sands on, you know, the sea on the beach. It is going to be amazing. Abraham never saw it, but he submitted to it. And y'all said, come out, come out of Canaan. And which we could say. He's telling us, come out of Egypt, come out of Babylon, come out, and come out of her, my people. And Abraham, without ever having seen the promise, he never saw it. He went anyways. Just let that set in. Are you submitted spiritually, mentally, and physically for this. And let go of your fear of death. You might be in an earthquake and you might be in the building and the building falls on top of you. Death is quick. It's no different than this stupid cardigan that kept falling off of me during this stupid, like this, this, is death. This is death. You're just shedding something. You're shedding your physical body. But to be absent from this body is to be present with him. We shouldn't be like, ah, just let go of that fear. Let go of it. Okay? We're not preparing because we're going to beat death we're preparing because you is telling us to and because we might be the people that need to minister to our families to our friends to our neighbors and spread Yah's love and be his hands of love and mercy and grace but we can't do it if we're not submitted ourselves We can't do it if we're so sick and tired and lazy that we can't do it. So prepare now, no fear, no fear. So that's all I've got for you guys. I'm gonna look through the questions here real quick and see if I can see any. Oh, y'all were really talking. Let me see if I see any questions here. Shalom, everybody. Hello. Oh, I like this. James said, we must become less so he can become more for his will to be done. That is so true. I literally was just thinking about it was um, John the Baptist. John the Baptist said, you know, uh, I must, oh, it was just in my head. I I must become lower so he can become stronger, better. How's that for butchering a paraphrase? <laughs> but y'all know what I'm talking about. That's John the Baptist talking. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Yes, put the flesh down and have the mind of Yahusha. Yahushua, I say Yeshua. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Put the flesh down and have the mind of Him. Just put it all. Just submit. Very good, James Colletti. Yeah, have a single-minded focus towards Yah, and not let it become divided. And men's heart will fail them. Oh, very good. Bridal armor. I think that's Nina. Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear. See? She's on. Same mindset. For I am with you. Do not look around. For I am your Elohim. I shall strengthen you. I shall also help you. I shall also uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. A right hand is always in biblical terms, Hebrew Mindset is the right hand is the hand of strength and of power. So I'll read that last part again. I shall strengthen you, I shall also help you, I shall also uphold you with my strength and my power of my righteousness. So if you stay in his righteousness, you will have that strength and that power. And, oh, thank you, Lee. Yeah, I know. Sometimes we do love him so much that it's just, it's overwhelming. And I don't think that, just the only thing that I hate when I cry on these is I just worry that it's distracting. And so that's why I'm like, ah, stop the crying. (laughs) Oh, another scripture. Deuteronomy. Let me see if I can, I think if we, yeah, looky there. I'm getting so good at this. Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong and courageous. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. And who is them? The powers that be, which is controlled by the evil kingdom. It is Hasatan and all of his evil kingdom working out all these evil plans. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear them. Don't be afraid of them. For it is Yahweh your Elohim who is going with you. He does not fail you nor forsake you. He will never forsake you. Never. And then this one from James Colletti. Oh. I guess that's nothing. I mean I didn't I didn't know what that was. We have nothing now save Elohim and his Torah. True. Um, Let's see. I like this. I do agree. So many of our sicknesses that we say are from the enemy are really from ourselves being our own worst enemy. Not taking care of ourselves. Hundred percent agree with that. Thousand percent agree with that. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, and this is from Lee. Oh man, Dr. Carrie. absolutely, Nina. I spent eleven years in home health begging people to change their diets and lifestyle. Diabetes. CHF, HTN most refuse. They couldn't set their flesh aside. Yep. Are we going to be that way? I'm not going to be that way. I'm going to set my flesh aside. I'm going to submit. And I like this, being an Eagle Scout, I often think about the Scout motto, be prepared. Yes. Love that. And then Lee, we're back doing our 3-mile hike inspired by your encouragement. That's so fantastic. I love that. We got to keep moving, don't we? <laughs> and then Shell said this has been so good, Carrie. I was cleaning out my kitchen cabinets, letting go of items I no longer need so I can eat anti-inflammatory. I love that. Hey, that inspires me to say one last thing and then I'll close is if there is something like, okay, um, say you choose to do the anti-inflammatory diet and you are going to give up, say sugar, anything that's got sugar in it, you are going to give it up and you're going to use stevia. Okay. That's, that's what we did. Stevia is, is good. Don't use, Anything other than stevia, there are a couple other things you can use, but it's for another talk. Um, get rid of the sugar that's in your cabinets, get rid of the products that are going to be a temptation today. You're going to be like, Yeah, let's go, woo! And then tomorrow, you'll be like, Yeah, all right. And then the next day, sure, would like some sugar. And then the next day, you're digging around, Where's the sugar? Where's the sugar? So settle it in your mind, go get rid of whatever it is. That's an anti-inflammatory, um, you know, no, no, get rid of anything. If you're going to do this, if you're going to submit, let it be full submission. Okay. Yeah. Shell says that she uses xylitol and monk fruit. Yes. So, that's all I got for y'all today and I really pray that this was a blessing to you and that you will that you will allow y'all to sorry I'm trying to get there there we go I pray that y'all will be allowed to work in you to work through you that that what he's telling you to do is not too hard. It's not too hard. So I pray that you will allow yourself to be physically and spiritually and mentally healed. I pray that with all my might, Shalom, everybody.